Hey folks, you got to pose in the matrix here. This is Dave. Um, sorry we're getting off to a little bit of a late start. Uh, for some reason, I, I, I've got to learn that the, uh, the big hand is the minutes and the little hand is the hours. Um, I, you know, I'm 61 years old, going to be 62 here in a couple of months. If I don't have it by now, um, I'm beginning to wonder if I'll ever get it. But, uh, anyway, um, the subject matter tonight, uh, we're going to, uh, Start out with one subject and then work into another one. Um, is uh, we're going to start talking about parallels, maybe between the craziness that uh, that Biden is running for president and uh, what could happen, what some scenarios would be, and um, are there any parallels with that in uh, the um, in the scriptures? And Brian's done a lot of um, extensive reading about that today, so we'll. Um, we're gonna, you know, turn the mic over to him for a while on that, but um, and then we're gonna, then we're gonna kind of segue in later on, probably the second hour, um, into uh, it seems that we were living in a, um, oh, for lack of better words, uh, it's it's like the Mandela effect sometimes takes over. Um, I had a couple instances of that uh, last weekend. Uh, very very strange. Uh, things going on and um so e either that or i you know i just had a bad day i don't know but uh when people start acting like they're not uh normal you got to start to wonder so um anyway um if uh if you hear a little bit of um i'm hearing static and i think that might be from my end uh come back and get the show again tomorrow if you want to uh, download it and it'll be all cleaned up because that's what I do on Monday nights after we finish. Um, but anyway, uh, without further ado, uh, all four of us are here tonight. Hello, Brian. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Good. good doing great. Good deal. And Jim, Jim's here and Eric's here. Guy, guys. Hey, I'm here. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> okay, good deal. We're all here. Hail, hail. The gang's all here. Maybe we'll go into <laughs> the we won't go into the next line of that little cheer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so um, guys, it's been an interesting week. Um, I, I just got a feeling I've got this sneaking suspicion that, uh, you know, the, and, and matter of fact, I, if you look at the uh, the intro to the show that I typed in, uh, the, the, the Democrats, um, you know, might be crazy. They might be um a little, uh, a little off, uh, half a bubble off, maybe on on the level, um, but they're not stupid. And uh, to run to run a person for or a candidate for uh, for uh, presidential office, that's obviously got um, either Alzheimer's disease or is is coming down uh, with a quite a good uh, case of dementia, is is kind of crazy and. Uh, um, so there's there's got to be a reason behind it, and uh, whatever they're trying to pull off, I'm sure it'll it'll come to light hopefully before it, it ever happens and it can be stopped. But um, you know, with everything that happens in this world, especially nowadays, it seems like there was there's been a parallel to it in the um, in the scriptures and in, in um, the times past, because like we know with Ecclesiastes one says there's nothing new under the sun. That everything that's happened has happened before. It's happened in times of old. 
And what can it be said? Uh, is that that is there anything new under the sun? So anyway, um, if you guys don't mind, we think we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll hand it over the baton over to Brian because I think he did quite a bit of reading uh, when it when it com- when it comes to um, the uh, the scriptures on the on the matter. You know the history historical scriptures actually on uh, the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. So. Brian, you were mentioning that you did find some parallels uh, and and some um, uh, lack of words. I can't think very good tonight. I'm sorry. Some some data and some um, uh, you you know what I mean. You, you found some stuff out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Not very yeah, with it tonight. I, so go ahead. I, I didn't do. I did a little bit of reading. Uh, a lot, but did some in Second Kings. Uh, chapter 9, 8, and 7, and, and there's quite a few chapters that talks about the different kings, how long they reigned on, uh, for Israel, and it kind of gives like uh, a little description who they, who their father was, the mother, how long they reigned, how young they were. One of them was 22 or 21 when he took over Israel. But then it goes into they were evil before the sight of the Lord, or they obeyed the Lord's commandments. And like I said earlier with our discussion, the ones that didn't obey the Lord, their time of reign was half the time of the ones that obeyed God. And the ones who obeyed God, their average length of time was 32 years. Oh, the, wow. ones that did, the one who didn't obey God, that were evil, was 18 years was their average. So uh, it does say in the, one of the commandments of the Ten, um, Obey your father and mother, and your time upon the earth will be long. Uh-huh. So um, there's some correlation with living a godly life actually extends your life uh, almost quite a distance. Yeah. So, and in these same men that were evil, uh, there's different places and different chapters that God gives like a list of things. If you do my commandments, this will happen. If you don't do my commandments, this is going to happen. And the land will be cursed. Your women, your women will be barren. Um, you know, you'll be put into captivity. Armies will overtake you. Uh, plagues, diseases. So I was trying to look up the difference between Trump and Biden on how Biden thinks and what his plans are. And I, we already know what Trump is. And what I can come out with the scriptures is that Biden's policies and John MacArthur actually spoke about this. I read an article today about John MacArthur met with the president and he talked to him about these very issues and about Biden's issues and um, basically called him satanic and evil because Biden wants to kill the unborn child. Trump doesn't. Right. Biden wants illegals come over our border with drugs, no matter who they are. Uh, not all of them have drugs that come over, but a lot of them bring crime. Trump doesn't. He wants to protect us. Uh, Trump wants to protect our first and second amendments. And and Biden doesn't. And, and like that's why our churches are closed, because our governor doesn't is I'm it's going to be blunt. Our governor doesn't seem like he's a. Christian or a godly type of person, obviously, because if he was, he would know what the scripture says and he would do what the scriptures are are saying to do. And he's not. And that's why we can't meet because he doesn't believe like 
anybody out there who has the Lord in their heart, uh, only God knows the heart, but by his actions, it doesn't seem like he does. Right. And so the difference between Biden and Trump is basically good versus evil. I mean, that's uh, literally all the things that Biden believes in are anti-scripture, almost every single one. Huh. You know, um, the killing of unborn babies, um, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to bear arms. Um, just there's just different things that that Biden uh, not only doesn't believe, but uh, Kamala Harris is actually worse than him. He's a yeah. moderate compared to her. Uh-huh. Um, um, and so if she happens to take over, uh, God can definitely protect us, but it's going to be really, really bad for our country. Um, she doesn't like, well, the first thing is she's uh, anti-Semitic. She does not like Israel. Either does Biden. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to push Israel to give up more land. They're going to come against her and put restrictions on her. They're talking about cutting the sales of arms to Israel. So all these things I'm bringing up, we talked about the Biden and Trump thing. It's night and day. Basically, it would be like living in the days of the kings in Second Kings in chapter 9 and 8. Uh, when you have an evil king, it affected the people. There were probably good Jews back then that loved the, loved the Lord, but they had to suffer economic and uh, times, um, droughts. And things came upon the land and, you know, God protects his people and supplies their needs, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about that. There was believers in Hebrews chapter 11 that were hiding in caves, you know. So um, this election is very, very important. I mean, it's actually I can see us. I never thought I would say this, but I can see us being persecuted for our faith to the point where we're going to jail uh, and maybe even our lives. If not, it's just if Biden wins, but if it's this starts, because once they get in, they want to stack the Supreme Court. They want to get rid of uh, different laws. They want to get rid of the um, uh, the delegate system to, for our election. They want to get rid of that, not the delegate. Um, yeah, the delegates, is that right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Brain freeze. There's another name for it, but where each state has an equal part in the election. The electoral they, college. They have their, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Dave. So, in that point, that means a, a California, New York state, a different, maybe three or four states would basically uh, elect our president. We would have no chance of having a, dem, a Republican or conservative in office ever again. Mm-hmm. And that would be great for the one world order because I think putting Biden aside and, and Kamala and all this stuff, it comes down to one big thing, the one world government. And Trump is in, is in, way, is in the way of the one world government. He threw a, a wrench in the crankcase when he got elected. Mm-hmm. And he is just a thorn in their side. And they want him gone they wanted Hillary in there, and she would not have been a president. She would have been a puppet because most of the presidents, not all of them, but a lot of our modern presidents are just puppets of the new world order. Right. You know, if you ever yeah. notice, we're eight years Republican, eight years Democrat, four years Republican, four years Democrat. They were taking turns back and forth. I used to think that's kind of weird until somebody brought that up to me. 
and it's almost split in the last say 60 years. And so that's weird. And so, but when you start researching uh, George W and his dad and different world leaders, they're one world guys. They're, they're, that's what they are. They're not going to come out and say it, but that's what they are. And that's why a lot of the deep state Republicans I'm talking about hate Trump. Mm -hmm. I always thought, why do they hate him so much? Because they're one world order, uh, deep state guys and women that want to bring in this new world order basically because for them, it it gives them money. It pockets money for them. That's their reason. Mm -hmm. And then the other reason is they can control us. They can tax us. They can tell us where to go to church, where not to go to church. So um, in my heart, and and I'm 100% sure Trump's going to win. I know he's going to win. I just know it. There's some things you just know. I just know it. Yeah, he is going to win. He's going to win, but after Trump, after Trump, it's going to be a little sketchy. And if somebody else gets in there, even a a so-called air quote moderate Republican, we're in trouble because the moderate Republicans aren't moderate anymore. They're They're like liberal Democrats. Yeah, well, look at they're kind of doing the same thing uh, they did last time with Hillary. Um, They're they're pretty much saying that Biden is actually going to get about 352 electoral votes and then he's way ahead wow. in the polls and Trump has no chance They're doing it again. So here you have all these people that are buying into this and it's not going to end up being that way on election day. In fact, it's going to be quite the swing the other way. And these people, I, they're just going to lose their minds, you know, when it doesn't turn out the way the media has been feeding it to them. Well, you know, think, the thing is, if you know I, God's plan, Amos three, seven, God clearly says, I'm not going to let anything happen until I tell my secret plan to my servants, the prophets. And as I've said before on that, when you listen to the modern day people prophetically speaking, three of them, David, uh, uh, David Wilkerson, uh, Mark Taylor, um, uh, see, Kim, Clement. Uh, Kim Clement, all of them have been very specific, very <laughs> I mean, some of them 20 years beforehand, some, you know, five, 10 years beforehand, before he even announced he was going to be president, being very specific on certain events that were going to happen. These people are people that are servants of the Lord, meaning their life, their history, their achievements, the fruit in their lives speak the truth that they are not just some nutcase uh, made a video on YouTube and is just uh talking some ideas these people are grounded their lives are a testimony to what they have accomplished in the way of good fruit as being faithful servants and they're all speaking the same things so knowing that if that's the plan of god according to amos 3 7 trump is part of god's plan anything that doesn't fit in that plan i ignore it i laugh at it i was getting upset at first i didn't know whether i was going to watch the trump versus biden um you know uh, beginning of the day debates tomorrow. Uh, is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow night. And uh, because Chris Wallace, of all people, is going to be the moderator. Chris Wallace, are you kidding? That guy's foaming at the mouth. He hates Trump so bad. He is just, I know, in a very subtle way, he cannot contain himself. He is going to be sarcastically smiling while he's putting it, trying to put a knife in, in Trump's back. Most people that want the truth are going to see it for what it is he's going to hang himself on his own character on his own you know 
cognizance. He really is. Um, so I got in some encouragement. I posted on Facebook. I said, I don't really know whether I want to do this or not. Uh, and I had brought up something that happened to me years ago watching TV. And uh, I got so darn mad. And I was younger then. I didn't wasn't aware of God's plan on everything. It was during the Obama thing. And I took my shoe off and threw it at my TV. <laughs> I can't really afford a new TV. Yeah. So yeah. I mentioned that about not, you know, having my shoe accidentally come off and hit my TV. And this one gal made a comment and she just she says, look, we know how it's going to end. So this is like watching a combination. How did she say of, of the Super Bowl of um, whatever the golf thing is, the World Series and Saturday Night Live comedy all at one time? Just relax and enjoy. You know how it's going to turn out. So just relax and enjoy the, the uh, comedy show. I thought, you know, that's really a good way to look at it. I do know God's plan. I do know that Trump is part of it. I know how the outcome is. He's going to win by a landslide. Um, what am I? What do I got to throw a shoe at for? Let's watch the comedy and and enjoy it. It's going to be a good laugh, and it will. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just it. It's crazy. So, um, somebody you were saying somebody was saying in our discussion beforehand something about Trump getting a special uh, shot or something to help him be more cognitive. Or no, this was actually Biden. That's what they're oh, like, I, basically oh, a comment I, about getting, getting a shot in his rear oh, uh, so in order to make him more cognitive for his speaking engagements. Uh, uh, Trump actually specifically stated that at a at a rally uh, uh, in the last week here, I think. So you know how many people uh, he could say. be joking, but you know they got to they have to be. What do they give people that um, to give them that are you know are having dementia or Alzheimer's coming on? What is it they typically give people like that um, in order to give them some clarity? Is there such a, a drug or? No, no, no. They um, give B vitamins sometimes to help them think better. They uh, there's there's not much you can give. What's there's, that, that ginkgo or whatever it is? Uh, you know, yeah. natural. Those vitamins. things are rumored to be, to work, but they really don't. No. No. Once yeah. your brain starts wasting away, your brain is wasting away, and there's nothing you can do to replace it. Well, you know, I hate to debate that, but coffee helps lots of it. <laughs> yeah, the, but we're talking <laughs> about actual <laughs> dementia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say, there are a lot of people okay. that would be willing to stand in line to give Biden a, a, a shot in the rear end uh, with their foot. Um, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, if that's what he wants, you know, sign me up. You know, I, I find it. I find it interesting. I don't know what it's like around you guys, but, you know, I live in the largest city in South Dakota. And, you know, if you go out into the rural parts outside the city, there's all kinds of, you know, you know, there's Trump signs, but not very many. Uh, and in the city, there, I, have, I have hardly seen a Trump sign at all. I've only seen a few Biden signs uh, on, uh, on people's yards. And I think... I think people are afraid to put a sign in their yard because they don't want, you know, vandals to, to destroy it or get their property damaged. I, I'm seeing a lot of that. But then I go into Minnesota and are all over there, you know, most of the, if it's rural anyway, and there's literally just Trump signs everywhere, you know, uh, in the country. So, um, so Brian, I don't know what you guys you guys have noticed in your areas what you, what you've well, been seeing. We've got we've got a lot of uh, um, 
Uh, <laughs> can't. Trump signs here. Trump and um, Pence signs here, and a lot of uh, Republican uh, local running people here, because uh, we're all farmers here too, you know. Right. Um, and uh, there's <laughs> there's this one guy. Um, Brian Brian knows where I'm talking about. You you go to you go down to Halsey and you make a left and you're heading down towards Junction City in Harrisburg and there's this one brave soul. He's a farmer out there. Why a farmer would would have a Biden sign out there? I have no idea because wow. Biden Biden is is just going to take his farm away <laughs> if he ever gets in. <clears throat> he won't. But you know, just hypothetically. And I'm right. thinking, man, what a what a brave son of a gun, you know to to, to put a Biden sign out there, you know, it's, it's surprising your house didn't catch fire uh, a few weeks ago when all the fires are raging around here. It's uh, truly amazing. Um, I was just curious, Brian, did uh, did you finish with your, your synopsis uh, uh, that you were talking about? I, I didn't know if, you know, you wanted to add anything to the king, you know, the kings of Israel and stuff like that or. That's about it. I just, in summing it up, it's just nothing has changed. Things are always the same, just like Ecclesiastes says. It doesn't matter if it's 2020 or 520 BC. It's it's the same. People are the same. So it's just um, the Democrats run by fear and intimidation. Um, most of the Republicans run by facts and actual issues. Mm-hmm. And so that's it comes down to the issues. And Biden's going to attack Trump. Uh, on taking uh, Obamacare away, and but he's not going to give anything on his own. And Trump is going to cite all the things he's done, which is a list is too long to mention. So uh, Trump needs prayer. Our country needs prayer because Trump's going to win, but it doesn't mean this is all going to go away. So uh, I think God is buying, buying us four more years of Trump to get us ready for him. And um, who knows when that day is, but it's getting closer every day. Yeah. And 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 you know the I can you know in the beginning of the tribulation, one of the first plagues is men killing each other. Mankind is right. just mass 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 riots. Um, I never I always thought, man, I, yeah, I guess it would happen. And you know, the Lord coming back and taking us would would spur that. But now. I definitely see that. I mean, oh my gosh, it's just crazy what's going on, especially in Southern California. They're still doing stuff here. And so a man's depravity is reaching a fevered pitch right now. And I I think it it wouldn't take much. And so uh, this election is super important. I hope people that are listening will vote, register to vote, and uh, vote. If you're a believer, I can't tell you how to vote, but you you know how to vote. Uh, right. The issues the the issues determine how you're going to vote. It's pretty black and white with the issues. So that's well, all I have to say. You know when uh, when Yeshua or Jesus was talking about uh, in Matthew 24, and he said nation will will fight against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That word uh, right. nation is actually ethnos. And it means ethnicity. So, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the Russians fighting the United States. We're talking about the Latinos fighting the whites and the blacks fighting the Latinos and, you know, the skinheads fighting this this group. And and 
and the whole nine yards. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because that, that I, I was introduced to, to Matthew 24 by my, uh, who was at the time my future brother-in-law. He's my ex-brother-in-law now, but, uh, his father was, uh, one of, listen to Herbert W. Armstrong of all people. Um, but Herbert W. Armstrong was really into, uh, the, the whole Matthew 24 scenario. And that guy, every time I'd go over there, he, he'd read Matthew 24 to me. And I'm like, I'm so thankful for that because even though my, my brain was all doped up when I was a teenager, it still kind of took and it got me interested in prophecy. But, um, yeah, so, uh, not only are the nations going to fight against each other, but all the ethnicities yeah. are. And, you know, that's, and I think you can count, um, I'm pretty sure you can count the, the church, the church, the, uh, the Muslim faith. I think all the faiths can be counted into ethnicity too. They're definitely not nations, you know, so, um, you know, that, that, that could boil down to Christian fighting against Muslim, um, Muslim fighting against, uh, Catholic, Catholic fighting against Greek Orthodox, the whole nine yards, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. It's going to be uh, kind of a little frightening, and uh, and I you know this might be a little off subject, but if the Lord is talking to you about just getting a carry permit and learning how to shoot, you better um, listen and maybe uh, take advantage of that. If not, just to, just to protect yourself, you know. But um, uh, I, I know that uh, you know. That being said, that uh, a lot of times uh, producing something like that will cause the other person to stop, and then you you know you can get into the whole preaching and, and everything like that. Believe it or not, that works. It's happened before. I've read stories where uh, you know somebody. I think it was one farmer said, uh, "Boys, uh, do you know Jesus? Because you're going to go meet him in a minute." You know, and then they <laughs> they stopped yeah. uh, doing what they were doing and uh, listened to him. And I think. Uh, <clears throat> majority of them that were that were trying to break into his bar and got saved that day so um anyway uh I'm, i'll turn it over i just wanted to, to throw that in about the ethnos uh part of it and um and that's what you're witnessing in southern california and us in some degree up here and i know jim in detroit well detroit's been pretty peaceful you've, you've been telling us jim so i you know i really can't it's the say only that. place we have not seen any fires we have not seen any burning looting um uh, threats anything like that um the last greatest revival is supposed to be ground zero michigan and at the heart of that revival is detroit michigan and i would say for the last 30 40 years god has been doing a conditioning of the hearts in michigan to breach class distinction denominationalism within christianity um that's the toughest one though the one still remains a little bit um color uh race um even political affiliation religious uh differences in general <clears throat> excuse me all of this has been broken down mainly by um i would say a lot of good churches that have latched on to the importance of realizing that jesus died for the for only one race the human race and that we as a church are never effective until we are brought into unity with one another and loving and respecting one another. This has been a message that has subtly been put <clears throat> by many for decades, and it's starting to work. Excuse me, I got to clear my throat. I don't know what's going on. <clears> throat> 
It's not Corona, though. That's what it is. Allergies. Hey, hey, allergies. Go ahead. <laughs> no, not allergies either. I have no allergies. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was going to ask Eric what his synopsis was of Biden in the election. What do you think, Eric, was going to happen or what's going on? Uh, and as far as who's actually going to win? Yeah, well, that and what do you think the strategy of Biden is? What do you think the Democrats, what they got up their sleeve, they're going to be pulling? Uh, well, I, someone already kind of reiterated, you know, he's just a, a, a front man. Uh they're just trying to get him across the, the finish line in order to uh, uh, to win, and then they'll, they'll something will happen where Kamala would be, would get in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, become president. Whether he would, you know, take a swan dive off of a bridge and or suicide himself, or or he announced that he has dementia or whatever, and he'd step aside. Who knows how how they would do it? But honestly, I'm speaking of things that are not. Isn't going to happen. He's not going to win. He's, not, he's just not. Right. So it's not really a scenario that I, I really entertain. So Did you, what will happen, I believe, is, as I suspected, is, um, you know, COVID is going to go 2.0, which has already started to. They're starting to say that, you know, cases are spreading everywhere now. That It's getting out of control. Um, and they are amping the people up, the media, to project the idea that there's no way Trump could win. The polls are so far against him. Um, you know, Biden's going to win, and everybody's going to have. You know, they they show Biden polling far better and way higher than even Hillary was doing against Trump. And I, I can't see how Biden's all that popular. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So they are. They're getting these people with the expectation that, you know, he's going to win. And when he doesn't win and it's and it's a landslide in the other direction, people are going to think that, well, either the, well, they won't come to the conclusion initially that the, the media lied. They'll just assume that somehow there was massive cheating on the Republican side. And that's oh, what yeah. you yep. The one thing I, I know is going to happen when he wins, prepare yourself because you're going to see a level of violence. You know, I'm 40 years old. I mean, you guys are a little older than me, so you've seen things, more things in your life. But from my experience, this will be a level of, of violence that I I have never, ever witnessed before in my life in the 40 years that I've been alive. Right. Um, and it, it it will break out and it will be pretty violent, probably probably for a couple months. I, I, I don't know. Um, but then I, I suspect things would, will, will calm down again, you know, to some degree, but um, it's going to, it's going to get a little scary. And I, I don't know if it'll be everywhere. I know that obviously in the highly urbanized areas is where, where you'll most likely see just the chaos in general, but that's, that's a guarantee um, for sure. Well, did, so. did you, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but, uh, I'm assuming you have, but around, I remember there wasn't too long ago where if you went to your local post office, they had a slot to where you could put your mail in there and the mail room right there would sort it out. It, it would go out sometimes the same day if you got there early enough. Um, 
But they've done away with that in most locations. I've only found one post office here in Oregon that still has that. It's over in Brownsville. It has local area mail. Um, But everything else, um, and and I ran into this because um, I have to mail in my, uh, I used to pay my my other storage by credit card, and I would call in and just give them the numbers, and they'd pay for it uh, using the card. But um, now I have to mail a check. And I, uh, the check just goes up to Albany. I mean, I could, I could drive 30 minutes and be there and hand deliver the check. Although, you know, it's in an office, in an office, in an office, you know, and so I wouldn't know where to go. But, um, so I, I went to the post office. I, I went up to Albany to, to deliver the mail. And I, uh, and I said, do you guys have a local box? No, we don't do that anymore. I go, so where does it go? Well, it goes up to Portland and it gets sorted there. And I'm like, oh, gee. So anyway, you know, the, it got there late, of course. It got there a couple of days after it was supposed to be there. And, and you know, they showed me grace and didn't give me a, a late fee, which was really nice. But um, they're, they're changing it now so that, you know, all the mail goes to these urban areas where it's sorted. Here it's Portland. I don't know. In southern Oregon, it might be Medford or something, which wouldn't be too bad because that's kind of a, a Republican enclave down there. But um so is it, you know, is there a reason why have they been preparing all these years um, to for for mail-in ballots, you know, and and, and don't think they may they might mm-hmm. and don't think they they haven't been because you know they, they plan these things for forever, um, you know they they want to eventually get all the people living in the urban areas that way they can control <laughs> us better, especially those right. of us that like to carry and have guns, but. Um, you know, so are they moving all the mail sorting into the urban areas? Now, you know darn well up in Portland, you know, I, was, I would venture to say, you know, and I'm, I'm just taking a guess here, but I would venture to say that probably about three-quarters to uh, seven-eighths of the people that work in that post office are Democrats because that's a yeah. highly Democrat area. So, you know, and, and on the ballots, uh, somebody pointed out that um, – Yes, they can't tell what you are, but if you look at the barcode, there's a number underneath it, and the Republicans have an R there, and the Democrats have a D. Oh, and I man. guess the, the Independents have an I. So it really, it's not a secret ballot anymore. Uh, so what the Democrats could do is just look at all the all the numbers with the barcodes and say, oh, this one says R, that one says R, start throwing them in a pile or something and taking them out to the dump. And they're finding this more and more. That Republican votes, especially the um, the ones that are coming from overseas, the uh, the uh, the uh, sailors and the um, and the soldiers and stuff, um, there are some post offices where they're finding piles of their mail that is not being delivered. It's just being put aside, or it's they uh, they said that they found one um, uh, a whole bunch of uh, I wanted to say satchel or whatever of uh republican uh, ballots in the landfill somewhere you know so it's you know you want to talk about cheating <laughs> it's usually the ones that are, are are practicing the the misdeed that are the ones that cry out that the other group is practicing it you know and and um so wouldn't i wouldn't put it past them to cry out oh the you know if when, when trump wins i'm not even say if but when he wins you know oh they cheated they cheated okay well let's count the ballots again you know uh, Jim, yeah. you know, you were telling a story about last election, um, how uh, they started saying, oh, we're going to count the ballots again. And then when they started counting, they realized that uh, they had more ballots than they had voters. 
And, <laughs> yeah. and then they realized that, uh, and that more people had voted for Trump than they anticipated. So they stopped the counting right away. You know, well, the way the laws are in, in uh, I, I think it's by state, but the way our laws are is if there's any, any inconsistencies in a district like that, the entire district is eliminated from the election. All, all votes yeah. across the board are See? removed. Well, and they went into a panic mode on that one because they realized that was Wayne County. Wayne County includes all of the city of Detroit. That right. means, you know, those are all, you know, traditionally a strong Democrat stronghold. But, yeah, that was the problem. They had more voters than they had votes. Right. Uh, but, you know, that, I mean, that's easy to figure because it's been proven that um, dead Republicans vote Democrat after they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. It's supernatural, but I mean, you know, it happens. But uh, yeah, it's all the ones that went to hell, too. <laughs> you um, know, you're saying uh, as, as peaceful as Detroit has been, um, probably tomorrow morning, I'm going to finally go down to the Roseville police and uh, file for my I'm not even going to file for an application. I want my test right here, right now to ca- to carry uh, my pistol. Um my biblical precedence for that, Jesus told uh, his disciples when they were traveling from city to city. So I'm not going to be with you any longer. I want you to sell um, <clears throat> sell some of your clothing um, and buy two swords. Mm-hmm. And he says, and, and wear them. And the idea here was that when people would travel from city to city in in the times of the biblical times, when Jesus with the, with them, obviously, you know, you got the God of all creation with you, you're pretty safe. But he knew that he was going to be leaving. He was no longer going to be there. And they were going to be traveling. And if they go from city to city without having a sword sheathed and maybe even an extra one, um, thieves are looking for the targets of the easiest targets. They'll have less resistance. If they see somebody without any sword, they're going to jump on them and get them before they get to the other city. Um, so the Lord knew that. So he told them, get two of them. Show a, a show of strength. When you have a bully or a thief, they don't respect anything but power. And if it's gonna, they see somebody with two swords, they go, "This guy's ready." Uh, no, let's let them guys go. There's enough other easy targets to get. So, and yet at the same time, <clears throat> when um, Peter actually used his sword and cut the ear off of the guy, you know, um, chief priest servant, yeah, yeah, uh, he he rebuked him for it, and you know, put the guy's ear back on. Uh, I said I wanted you to carry him. I didn't say I wanted you to use him. So it's kind of the same thing with the gun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a show of strength because bullies will not listen to any other thing other than a show of strength. They're getting ready to smash my car windshield in because I got a a, a, a Trump, you know, uh, Evangelicals for Trump sticker in my on my car, or I have the coiled serpent. Don't tread on me. Um, that's going to get me probably bashed. And I had a second thought about what I should do with my car being on grass at a six, six lane highway on one side, six lane highway on the other side, which is the main drag going to downtown Detroit, which I'm only three miles away. Right. How smart is it for me to have that? You know what? Park that thing in the back, even though it's hard to walk all the way around the block, park it in the back. At least I'll have a car that's still going to be in one piece. Even in the city of peace, there were agitators agitating and trying to egg people on. I just didn't want my car to be one of the objects of agitation. What you'll never hear on the network news is what happened that day. And we have a Democratic mayor in Detroit. We have a 
um, a black um, police chief who, when he got first hired, he got $250,000 a year. I thought, man, this is ridiculous. You know, that man within less than a year proved he was worth every penny. He sat down everybody, old school whites, um, blacks, everybody, sat them all down brown. It didn't matter. He says, look, your job is to protect and serve. I know a lot of you are dirty. I'm giving you this one chance. One chance is to start going back to to doing the oath that you made to protect and serve this city as a servant. You will either do that or I will replace you. And if you think you're going to stay dirty, you're not. You'll be in jail. And he put the hammer down on everybody. I mean, you know, he wasn't any part of a racist or anything else. He wanted a clean, honest, protect and serve police force. And, you know, within a less than a year, he had that. Um, right. He told the community and uh, Mayor Dugan. I mean, here's a guy that was voting. You know, he was he was a white guy voting against some iconic figures of the civil rights movement. And he would have never got in except he got the majority of the black vote. Why? Because this guy didn't have a fake address living out in West Bloomfield Hills or some, you know, cushy, uh, you know, suburban place. He lived in the hood with everybody else and had a real address and lived. He was part of them. He, he was 24 seven. He was the real deal. People wanted something that was real and they were tired of all. I mean, the, the Detroit got in the place it was in because of the people that were in office as these figures and icons. They promised you stuff and they never do it. So they said, here's a guy that really seems like the real deal. We're going to vote for him. So you had an honest Democratic mayor, and I've worked on some of his projects. This guy, he doesn't care what you believe, what color you are, uh, probably even what planet you're from. If you're willing to help out Detroit and make Detroit great again, hop aboard. Let's do it. And, you know, pretty much he has the same kind of an attitude that Trump has. Good guy. I could never vote for him because as long as he's on an agenda that says it's okay to kill babies, I I could never vote for any Democrat. But I like the guy. Um, So this is the kind of, you know, situation we have in Detroit. But what happened was there's such a good community relations now. The police loved uh, the community and have shown that. And the community has responded. And um, even even the police chief, he says, look, there were times past when. We stuck together and and didn't say anything because the man would treat us unfairly and unjustly. He says, those days are over now. You are the man. Start ratting on criminals. You don't have anything to worry about. We are here to protect you, but you need to do your part to help protect us, protect you. Start ratting on these people. And they started doing it. And the community relations has been awesome to the point where when the police force was trying to prevent this march because they had a lot of agitators who were trying to, you know, stir things up. And the agitators, however, were international communists that did not live there that were mostly white uh, millennials. And they wore a red scarf to show that they were part of Antifa. So they were an international uh, set of, of communists working as a terrorist organization, trying to stir things up. When the police formed a human chain on Eight Mile Road, Eight Mile Road used to be the distinction black-white line. Now it's a culture line. It has nothing to do with color, but it's just culture. The poor are stuck there, so they're the last to get attentions on things until this change. Now there's a revival in, in Detroit. I mean, some of the worst neighborhoods are now filled with gardens, with uh, crops, with urban farming and, 
it's just it's really awesome what is happening to Detroit. Renewals where you know neighborhoods that were once uh, just downtrodden are now refurbished and looking good. Whites moving into back into Detroit, uh, living with the blacks. They see each other as neighbors, not as you know this is your side, this is our side. We have a community that's solidified. We got churches that have uh, broke down the religious barriers. They've been working as uh, in peaceful ways of creating unity. So what happened, you never see on network news, when the police formed a human chain to prevent these agitators and the protesters from crossing eight mile into the suburbs, all of a sudden, all the majority of residents of Detroit, and I mean, they were the majority of black people, came across the lines, joined arm in arm with the police, forming a, a line. The only thing that was left were these ad, imported agitators. <coughs> and realized they were overpowered, overwhelmed. They, nobody listened to them, so they all just turned around and walked home. <laughs> right, right, right. You never see that on the news, though. But, I mean, so this is what's happening. But even then, the potential for these agitators to maybe, you know, jar something. This is the only city on the planet <clears throat> that has not broke out in fires and damaging. And I think because this is ground zero for the final revival. And the proof is just in the unique uniqueness. What is different about Detroit? It's because most of us realize from the efforts of many, many churches working together that Jesus Christ died for the human race. Not anything less, not anything more. The human race. Um, and that's been kind of pounded into our psyche, into our culture, into our theology. You know, we're, we're staying solid and we just need prayer that we will remain solid. But at the same time, we're not supposed to be foolish. Jesus did set the, uh, the precedence that there's, you know, you're not breaking any kind of laws if you get a gun. And I think I don't care if you're a Calvinist or an Arminianist. God knows the beginning from the end. It's already happened. So he knows who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. So I don't care what your theology says. If you're in a situation of a life and death situation, I wonder if you're an Arminianist, I wonder, can you call upon the Lord and ask, Lord, what do I do in this situation? Can you actually take and believe that maybe if these people, God knows, they're not going to make it. They're tares. They didn't listen. They're not going to make it. They're going to kill you. Take them out. I think that possibility is there. I don't care what your theology says. It possibly could be there. If your intentions is grounded in the mind of Christ, you want to know what God wants you to do in this situation. I think you can have that edge being the manifestation of the sons of God. Um, you have access to all that God has for you. So I think you can move into this operation. And it might even be to the other point where, you know, it says, no, your testimony is going to be like Stephen. Let it be yeah. and enter into my joy, thou faithful servant. So, I mean, but I heard one person, a Christian, say, well, if they break into my house and they're going to rape my wife and daughter, then I guess it must be God's will. And I just have to be have a strong enough faith. I told to, that uh, story. Yeah. OK, well, yeah. I and and the thing is, I went back and I saw the same story. I, I looked at it and I go, wow, that's. That is really scary and saying, I wonder what the wife and the daughter thinks about that one. Boy, I Hopefully don't believe they got you know, out. Yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, you know, there's God has put in man that protective ability, you know, in 
in protecting your family and protecting your loved ones. I would ask God, what can I, what should I do in this place? But basically as a father and my own children, um, as much as I would like to lead you to the Lord, I'm about to send you to him. You think you're going to do that? You're going to get a God implant, a 40 caliber God implant put in your head and you can go talk to Jesus directly about it. Right. See what he says. Um, I, I had a laugh, you know, um, a few years ago, I saw a sign on somebody's front lawn. Um, I didn't. It was on. It was on the internet, and it said, uh, "We believe in the Second Amendment here, and we believe in the right to keep and bear arms." However, our neighbor next door, and there was an arrow pointing <laughs> at the house, does not believe in the Second Amendment. You know, and that's all. And you know what? That guy got taken to court over that, and the judge said, "You know what? The guy's got a right to put any sign he wants to on his yard." So it's tough luck, you know. Um, so he could take it. I thought it was quite humorous. You know, it's, um, uh, yeah, they're, they're real w- willing to, uh, to argue against uh, keeping and bearing arms until, um, until they're going to need to. Uh, they're the old saying that, uh, the definition of a, of a conservative is a, is a liberal that's been mugged, you know? Um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that too. But, yeah. um, so I guess the consensus uh, for, you know, for uh, our first part is that uh, we know Trump's going to win. Uh, we know that, that they're they're going to try to do something stupid. The Democrats, uh, you know, surprise, surprise. Um, and that God's got Trump's back and it's not going to work. So um, and that's a good thing. So it's but, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they try to pull. It really is. You know, my my thought has always been that. uh you know, just before the swearing in or whatever, um, you know, if, if it were to go to, well, not before the swearing in, I'm sorry, let me back up, that at the convention, which is over with now, um, that, uh, you know, they would realize that he was a loser and there's no way he's going to win and Hillary would step in and say, I'll run, you know, and uh, and it would go that way and that way she would get a second chance to try to beat Trump, but um, it looks like it's not going to go that way. But, um Anyway, um, uh, getting in, uh, if we're, if we're done with that subject, I don't know. Is everybody cool? Does anybody else have anything to add or? Nope. I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, I, I was telling Jim and I might have told you too, Brian. I can't, I can't remember. Um, you know, my memory's not that good. Um, hey, stop doing your dishes in the background. <laughs> uh, um, uh, last was the last weekend or the weekend before. Um, I uh, I was at work and um, we we had uh, a couple of people call in uh, sick. So I had uh, I had my my supervisor with me and I also had another uh, person that came in um, and took the place of one of the people that is normally there with, uh, that that had been given vacation and. Um, so uh, I had uh, anyway when when we do this one drug at work we have to have an RN or another license in there with me. Uh, it's kind of a double check system which is really good, and uh, because it's an injection and it's something that you know once you put an injection in you don't take it back out. Um, so anyway, usually uh, what, what our modus operandi has been is that I you know I draw it up and get it ready and then. Afterwards, I call another license in and I say, hey, come on in and and check this out. They check it out. They, they, you know, 
what bottle did you get this from? I got it from right there, you know. Okay, I'm going to put my initials on this. They do that, and they walk out. Okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> as fate would have it, uh, somebody else was there, and, and when they came in, they said, well, I don't know what bottle you drew that from. You know, they're just trying to give me a hard time, and uh, and they succeeded. And because they were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, higher grade than I was, you know, I there's no arguing about it. So I just prepared a new dose and uh, and everything was okay. But anyway, uh, later that day, or no, it was the next day, <laughs> that person was still there. I mean, they came in again. And we had another uh, person working uh, as as the lead RN. And, and I kind of being a smart aleck, I know you don't believe it. I'm not usually that way. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, and I said, and I said, so and so, would you like to come in and watch me draw these these syringes up? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll come in there, you know. And uh, so anyway, he uh, he came in and and I said, I got to ask you a question. I said, is this a new policy? Because we usually don't do things like this here, anyway, you know. And he just went off on me, you know. Of course it is. It's my license. You know, you're operating under, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm operating under my own license, actually. But uh, anyway, I didn't argue with him because it's it's fruitless. But um, anyway, this, these two people were acting out of character. Um, uh, what, both of them are usually very nice people. They're very courteous and everything. But for some reason, it's like, uh, and it wasn't a full moon. Um it was weird. And as a matter of fact, I walked up to one of my uh, co-workers and I said, <laughs> I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to use a, a fictitious name. I'm going to say Bob. Uh, I said, he walked in and I go, are you the real Bob or are, are you from a, a different universe, Bob? You know, and he goes, what are you talking about? And I told him that story. We both laughed about it. But uh, all day long, I would ask him that question. Now, am I talking to, to my universe, Bob, or a different universe, Bob? And, uh, so we made a joke out of it because you have to in some instances or you'll go crazy. But anyway, um, there have been a lot of weird things going on. And, um, you know, have been talking with Jim earlier. And, and I think I talked with you, too, about it, Brian. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I think you did. It's, it's just really weird. It's almost like um, it's almost like they they don't tell us when they're running the, uh, the CERN over in Switzerland. And is it possible? That that we have different people blinking in and out of our lives as maybe we do into theirs. I don't know. And uh, is it possible that that's happening and we're unaware of it? That it's it's so um, uh, Twilight Zone-ish sort of uh, to where we don't even realize it's happening. You know, we blink into one reality and then blink out of another and out of it back into our own. You know, parallel parallel realities, not universes. And, um, you know, with, with this running a CERN and it's, uh, it's really got me thinking. It really does. You know, it's a matter of fact, now when I'm looking at drugs, I'm, I'm looking to see if they're spelled the same way as they, they've always been, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be paranoid or anything about it, but, uh, you know, when you, when you start wondering if this is what's going on. So, um, I'm just wondering if anybody else here, has had something like that happen, has had some really weird occurrences going on and um, that they can't explain that, uh, 
that you think that maybe it, it is a possibility. And I, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that, that, that Yeshua died on the cross. It doesn't change our salvation because if it's a parallel reality, then it's parallel. And, you know, uh, it happened in both realities and, and they're running right next to each other, the whole nine yards. But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, is, is anybody else knowing, noticing anything kind of strange going on that, um, can maybe verify that or, 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 or something like that? I, I have a, Go ahead. I have a story on that. And it happened this morning at seven thirty. Um, I was walking down the street. I live by the ocean uh, in Madonna Beach. And from my house down to the park, which is at the beach, is a quarter mile. So right. I'm walking down the street, and there's condos and apartments on both sides, two-story buildings on both sides with driveways and garages underneath. And I'm walking down there, and there's this couple coming toward me. I'm walking my dog. And there's this young couple in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, walking, holding hands, walking right toward me. So I went out of the street to let them pass because everybody's paranoid about not everybody, COVID. Yeah. And I didn't have a mask. See, they didn't have a mask either now that I think about it. So I walk out into the street. And that maybe takes me a second just to yeah. go out in the street, maybe two seconds. I look back. I don't see them anywhere. They're gone. Whoa. And Whoa. I kept thinking, and there's apartments there. So I thought maybe they lived in one of the apartments. But the problem is I'm only 20 feet from the buildings that they would walk into, maybe 25 feet. Right. And they were walking across a driveway up the street. And I was maybe 10 or 12 feet from them when they would have passed me. Oh and so they would, have to, they would have to sprint really fast. To get into an apartment really quick, uh-huh. or to go behind a, or to go behind a car, and I literally stopped and looked. And it's weird. Uh, I have a little French bulldog, and it's my wife's service animal, and it's very trained really well. And I, when I made the, when I went to go out in the street, the dog kept jerking me to go back and kept looking that way. Huh. Like from the corner of my eye, I can look down at the dog, and she's like pulling me toward where I just came from and looking. And like, and she's a 25 pounds. It's not a very big dog, but you know anything about French bulldogs? They're like a, a like a weight. It's all right. muscle. Uh-huh. And she literally stopped me, and I'm going, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And that's when I looked up, and they were gone. Wow, that's amazing. And I can't. I, I this happened at 7:30 this morning. Um, most people around here, because a lot of everybody's off work because it's a holiday here. Uh, a lot of the schools, I mean, not schools, but well, the virtual learning, it's a day off for all that. And a lot of places have the time off. And so the people aren't out. What I'm saying is it's pretty quiet. Nobody's out walking around at 730 in the morning. They're sleeping. Right. And so I looked and I looked and I looked and I even walked up and down, looked in the alleyway, nothing. Wow. So I've seen this online before. You can go online and look at videos. They might have been taken down already of time travel. All of a sudden, a car just appears in the street out of nowhere. I've seen those, yeah. yeah. That's how it was. It was like, and they were just a young couple. You know, we're talking. You could tell they were happy and they were holding each other's hand. And it was just, you could hear them talking. And I 
literally, it was maybe one or two seconds. Just to, And I go, where did they go? The dog must have saw it. I think right. the dog saw what happened and wow. uh, tried to get up. Uh, so that happened at 730 this morning. And I'm reluctant to say it because some people out there, you know, I know we talk about it. But, you know, a few years ago, if you would have caught me talking about this stuff, I would have said, you know, Brian needs to go see a shrink. Yeah. But now, <laughs> after I, with all the stuff that's been happening, all the technology, all the things that are going on. Now we have the Internet and cameras everywhere. Things are getting videotaped. Uh, I don't think I'm crazy. I actually think they time traveled or something huh. happened to them. I, I don't know what, but they disappeared. Wow, that's amazing. And I don't think they were angels. I'm not sure why two angels w- would take the form of a man and woman holding hands. I, they could. I mean, they could, you know, but they were gone. Huh. Well, it's a good thing your dog didn't run after him. He might have been gone too. You know? I know. And he, he, he wanted me to look. I can tell the dog wanted me to stop and look, but I looked down at the dog instead of looking up. I might have seen them disappear if I had looked at that time, but I was uh-huh. looking at her. You know, so, but they were gone. It was wow. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those videos that you're talking about too, but you know, they'll be like, um, Almost like a person's crossing the street and you're going to get hit by a car and all of a sudden this thing comes and whisks them off to the other side or this thing comes out of nowhere, you know, not even with the other person involved and, um, you know, just kind of materializes and then just starts walking down the street. Right. It's, it's too bad Gordy Tong's not here. He <laughs> have a good time with this because um, he, you know, he's he's knows people and has seen things like that. Um, anybody else, uh, have anything interesting like that, man, that, that just blows my mind. Um, <laughs> you're not, right. you're not snorting a couple of lines off a mirror, are you? That's what it sounded <laughs> like. Who, me? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm eating, I, I made a couple of homemade pasties and I realized that I left them in the oven. Oh. So I've turned, I turned my mic off while I'm sitting there crunching, getting all the bird stuff out of the way so I can eat what remains. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, they were in the oven since we first started the program. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty brown. Uh, black. Well, yeah, black. Well done, Zoe. So, anyways, yeah. So, uh, hopefully you didn't hear any of that because I, you know, muted my mic. But, uh, yeah. no, I didn't, I don't know whether, uh, whether Eric or I, we just seem to be, delay we both got experiences i was going to let you go first eric but mainly because i was still chomping on my dinner so eric you there uh i'm sorry what you want me to talk about what exactly (laughs) strange occurrences uh any any like mandela effects um or time anyone you know but the thing that with CERN, uh, let me just, and I'll say a little bit and then I'll let you go ahead and, and take sure. over. But um, with CERN, I think all of us agreed at one time that, well, CERN is bringing over concepts and putting them as something already established in our reality. They're taking concepts from other realities and putting them overlapping, overlaying like transparencies over ours. So, for example, the one time when they fired up, the next day, all of a sudden, it's normal for all of the political uh, 
left to announce that, yeah, they're socialists. Yeah, we're communists. It's okay. It's normal. And everybody seems to, you know, in a matter of a day, adjust to, okay, this is just the normal way things are. No, wait a minute. It wasn't that way three days ago. Now, all of a sudden, it is. What the heck happened? The next time, all of a sudden, um, uh, the whole lesbian gay thing becomes totally normal. And you're a hater if you speak out against it. And now every, I mean, in like overnight, almost every genre of every kind of movie, of every kind, whether it be streaming, whether it be on normal video, me being a science fiction nut, I can almost tell the date of a movie when it came out. It was after this particular date or in 2016, because after that, everything has a um, lesbian or a gay who's the main hero, who's large and in charge, who's the suffering one, and it shows very human dramatic stories that makes you almost a cold-hearted creep if you don't embrace and accept and understand the the woes unless you happen to know what the bible has to say an abomination is an abomination and those that take pleasure and pride in others it's even worse it's giving up to a reprobate mind so we see that we know it but the majority of society on a whole no all of a sudden our whole cultural outlook has been changed overnight and it Three or four days, it starts to manifest. The last time that happened, all of a sudden, if you get upset or mad or angry or uh, frightened, you can just go into any place, even a church, and just whack everybody, and it's it's normal. It's the way it is now. It's, no, it never used to be that way. All of a sudden, overnight, in a few days, it became the established norm. So we all agreed that the concepts were being laminated over. But I'm wondering, key outspoken people who are let's say, not shy of proclaiming God's truth. All of a sudden, within their lives, there seems to be a pattern where um, normal things don't happen to them anymore. Very strange things are happening. People that they know had a shared past with, all of a sudden, everything's different. I experienced this with my uh, first ex. Um, and without getting into any detail, I keep it very general, but... Um, you know, I married I married the woman from a it was my best one of my best friends, um, younger sisters. She was one that seemed to have more together. She was more like a Cinderella of all the family. It was a biker family. You know, what am I thinking? Uh, and she was a biker chick. Well, I had left the biker lifestyle, but you know, she seemed really nice and, and so we ended up getting married. Um, but almost right away, she wanted to get me introduced into a lifestyle that I wasn't ready to handle. I wanted Warden June Cleaver's, you know, happy little home. That's the way my parents were. And I wanted that myself, even though I come from the biker background. Um, that's a lifestyle I forsook. I left. I saw the, the emptiness for what it was. Um, I didn't want that. And so we got married. And long story short, she ended up getting saved after a long, long time. Um, we were only married for four years. Uh -huh. During that time, she tried to get me into a lifestyle that I did not want, and I thought she was always joking. I actually got angry at myself later on for why was I so naive. And the Lord said, had you accepted that, you would not be where you're at today. You would have never gotten out of that lifestyle. I had to protect you, and that's huh. what I was doing. So I went back to her because my oldest son thinks I'm totally crazy for – following Trump. He blames a lot of other things. He, I trained him up, even though he was a divorced kid and I didn't get to see him very often. I trained him the best I could to know the Lord. 
when he was 12, I led him to the Lord, baptized him up north when, with, when I had the bike club. And uh, he ended up leading almost his whole family of in-laws, um, you know, to the Lord. Now, I never told him anything about our prior life together or anything. I did mention something later as an adult when he was getting really, really arrogant and snippy with me. And I said, you know, you're, I'm going to talk to your mother because you've got to hear it from her. You can't hear it from me or anyone else. You need to hear it from her. And I said, and as she shares, you're going to find out that you're um, you're throwing stones living in a glass house. So I went to her and I asked her, please. Now, she's a born-again, spirit-filled Christian now. And I said, please, could you tell them what our marriage was really like? And can you share with him to know that the very thing he's accusing his other two stepbrother and sister of, is exactly what he was, you know, his own family was a part of. Right. Now, in my counseling and everything, I'm what they would call it, and I'm empathic. It's kind of like the bulk and mind meld thing. My thoughts to your thoughts. Yeah. I don't, I don't read people's minds, but I can feel their feelings, their emotions. So when I'm praying for somebody, I pray in tongues. I wait. And I'm quiet and still. The Lord will let me know what that person has gone through. I have a connection. I can see the hurt. I can see the, you know, whatever there is. Because sometimes it's rather hard to hear some of the testimonies of some people. It's like, it's so disgusting. But the way that God has given me, he's given me the ability to feel what they felt so I understand them. So I can have understanding and compassion on people that maybe I otherwise would not have had. Now, with her, when I was asking her this, I, under my breath, I silently prayed in tongues. I laid hands on the screen. So I was talking to her on Facebook uh you know, chat talk or whatever the heck you call it, instant message. And uh, I waited and I felt nothing. She had no cognitive memory of anything that I was talking about. It freaked me out. Blank slate. Now, to look at it in the natural, okay, maybe she created a different ending because she couldn't live with the other one and actually believed her own lies. That could be the possibility. But this is the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. I swear I was feeling somebody that had never lived the life that I had lived with her for those four years. She had no clue of anything I was talking about. I sensed this was more supernatural. This was something I had never seen, experienced, or felt before. I have prayed or been with people that deny a reality that they lived, but I can tell you that that was very different from what I experienced this time. This was like a total blank screen. There was no feelings even of, of guilt or trying to hide something from me. There was absolutely nothing. Like I'm talking to, um, what's her name, point two five zero instead of 2.1. You know, so she's like from another dimension laminated over. And I started praying, Lord, am I seeing anything real here? Is this really real? Now, this is going to sound really fruit loopy. Anybody that is, follows the spirit of God and you know that when you pray and you seek God with earnesty and you're willing to look at yourself and say, OK, I'm maybe part of the problem here. What am I seeing wrong? Why am I missing this? Lord? what are you trying to show me? The next thing I know, and I'll make this short, between a science fiction movie I intended on watching and I never got around to it, to an old one that I was reviewing because there was so much truth in there and scientific facts in this series called SG-1, 
what were the chances that between those two, I watched an episode of SG-1, and then I said, you know what, that's kind of really crazy. So I'm just going to watch this other movie that I've been wanting to watch anyway. Um, I only caught the half of the other show, so I still had some time before I was. It's one of those nights like tonight where I drink way too much coffee, and so I'm probably going to be spending a little time up for a while yet. And I watched this movie, and it segued right into what I just watched. And I said, my God, Lord, are you trying to tell me this is real? Because it was about the multiverse. One, it had all the science in the world in it, and that was uh, SG-1. The other one, it was just an example type shadow of why, how, and, and so. What are the coincidences that after my prayer, I would run into them, you know, three things like that. And then the next day um, on a newscast, they announced that uh, um, CERN had just ordered a huge amount of capacitors. Now, this was in the movie that I watched. And so here now I see an actual real life. They they just, this was before they fired it up, uh, just before this year. They had ordered a huge amount of capacitors. Capacitors were one of the technological key elements to all of this stuff that I'm sharing with you now. So it's like I prayed and all of a sudden I get the science, I get the technology, and I get a visual uh this is like this kind of an experience. I can't deny my prayer life. This is how God shows us things at sometimes um, through the craziest ways and means. When Mark Taylor said that from watching a horse race, God had spoken to him and confirmed what he was having doubts with as far as his vision about Trump. And that confirmed it. I don't even remember what the connection was, but it's so disjointed. Somebody with a limited edition of gospel that doesn't know how the spirit can move through different things that we're exposed to looks at that and says, okay, this man needs to be, you know, you shouldn't have a public voice anywhere. You are bat crap crazy. Go away. You're just crazy. But this is how God works through a prophetic gifting. I can't deny it. So, yeah, I had an experience. This never happened to me before with a, with a person. And I am one person that I know I have stood before non-human entities I knew there was something wrong, and I didn't know exactly what it was. Now looking and knowing what I know now, I realize, oh, my God, that was not a human being. That was one that we're being warned of in Jude uh, verse 6. There are clouds without water, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, wandering stars who reserved everlasting darkness. Those are three definitions for non-human entities that we're warned in the last days will come in our midst and steer the world towards a one-world religion, one-world uh economy and one world um, government. And we're warned that these entities are going to be here. So, you know, it's like we're driving in a car, looking in the rear view mirror and the Lord saying, not everything looks as if it is and it's much closer than what you think. And this is what we're faced with, I think, in these last days. So um, there's a lot of strange incidents. Um, and Eric, I think you had a situation happen, right? Um. Well, I, you know, not, not really, Jim. Uh, okay. I, I guess I, which one, which one are you referring to? Uh, off the top of my head, it kind of escapes me at this point, but. Just some dreams that you had had that you felt the Lord was trying to warn you. I mean, you don't have to get into any detail, but. Yeah. You had dreams that was yeah. steering you towards understanding some of this stuff. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I hesitate to share it to be honest. Yeah. It's, well, it's on, it's on a personal level. Uh, Okay. The audience. Right. It's, it's um, yeah, sure. I'm just not so, quite sure how to explain it. Um, and you don't have to, but you have had an experience that would steer you towards that 
kind of understanding, right? That is correct. Okay, that's all well, you got to say. So I know that you, you and I, Jim, have had um, <laughs> some interesting things. Oh, you know, yes. I um, when I was and my parents. Yeah, when Remember I was that? um, yeah, uh, it was t- probably 2011, early 2011, and you know, after somebody that you love passes away, you mourn, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know it's weird. You start promise. You start wondering what you did wrong. You know. You know. Did I not pick up on the fact that she needed to go see the doctor? You know, or something like that. You know, it, you go through all. I don't know about anybody else, but I've went through all these different scenarios. You know, and stuff like that. It was a preventable. The whole nine yards. Anyway, um, you know. And so I think one day I just said something like, "Man, I'm Lord, I miss her," and I heard. Oh, I can't remember if it was a dream or it's been a while now. Well, that was 2011. So it's what, nine years ago. Um, and I heard distinctly, you'll see her again, but it won't be her. And right away, I started thinking about, you know, gene manipulation and, and uh, you know, uh, cloning and, and stuff like that. And, um, and uh, now, now that I think about it, you know, with the, parallel dimensions you know it's it's possible that you know there there's someone on, in another dimension that didn't uh go the way she did you know maybe i'll try to i don't know it's weird i i don't even want to think about that right now but anyway uh it was just weird that that happened and i remember sharing that with you and because i was kind of freaked out and i was like oh this is proof that the uh you know that they're taking the sperm and ovum. The the uh, you know the extraterrestrials are the fallen angels. Let's put it that way, and that they're making uh, they're making human beings that uh, that are like our loved ones who are going to come back and try to convince us that we're all wrong. You know we've taken the wrong path. Uh, you know that the uh, the cosmic Christ is the way to go, and the whole nine yards. And then uh, when I shared that with you, you just blew my mind. Because you you basically had a, the same thing happen to you, so go ahead and share that. Are we still on? Yeah, I'm sorry. I had I muted my oh. microphone. I was still chomping on that crunchy. Oh, okay. <laughs> crunchy thing. I didn't want to hear you <laughs> eating my dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon as you said that, that triggered off a memory of a dream that I had. And the dream was that I, you know, it was like, <clears throat> it was like the sound of a trumpet and all of a sudden, like through a mist, my mom and dad appear. And I'm looking at them going, I don't get it. You're, you guys are dead. What are you doing here? And they were saying, no, that they're, they had been raised up. And then they started proclaiming this coming cosmic Christ. And I got a chill going down my spine. I just realized this is not my mom and dad. My mom and dad loved Jesus. They knew Jesus in a personal way. This is not, they would never say anything like this. This is, this is baloney. And then I woke up. So your thing triggered off a remembrance of this dream. And then, so I ran it back to you and we're both kind of like, whoa. Yeah. You know, so yeah. now looking at it, when you look at what now, I mean, I didn't, we didn't have the understandings that we got today from back then. We're talking probably what, uh, maybe 10 years ago, I think. 
Yeah, nine years. Nine for me because it was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So nine years ago. So, um, you know, we've come a long way in that nine years, and I think we get a better understanding of this now of the possibilities of you know what it could be. And uh, but if you realize now that Satan is going to counterfeit and do the same but opposite of everything that the Lord did, then when just before Jesus, Jesus first died on the cross, he was told, uh, he told the thief, this day you'll be in paradise with me. So he didn't ascend into heaven. He didn't ascend into heaven until 40 days later. But first, he immediately went into a hollow earth, a literal hollow earth, upper chamber in Abraham's bosom, Sheol. which meant an inner pocket. She, uh, uh, well, in, in paradise. And Sheol would be well, Sheol down had below two, the uh, Sheol the had divide. Two. Yeah, had, had two different two levels, compartments. Right, yeah. Tartarus and yeah. So, so he was in the upper chamber, and he was there for three days, and then he rose. And when he rose, some of the Old Testament saints. Now, that's where a dimensional thing goes on. To be absent from the body is now to be present with the Lord. So now all the saints went up to be with the Lord. This was like a holding tank until Christ had completed his sacrifice on the cross. So he went three days. Then he rose up, and when he rose up, some of the Old Testament saints alive walked into Jerusalem and started going door-to-door -door proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's, he's risen. He's alive. Um, that would probably be a pretty strong, convincing thing when you see people that were dead and all of a sudden now they're preaching this, you know, Jesus that, nobody re that everybody rejected. Now all of a sudden, you know, they're accepting the testimonies of these dead people that they knew were dead and now they're alive so it was very convincing so satan is going to counterfeit that in the same but opposite so that's what i think you and i saw this is part of the same but opposite plan that satan's going to play all throughout you know um every expectation that we have uh or that we've ever been taught or told is going to be played out in a same but opposite probably before the real one happens to fool everybody but again i don't know it's like God has shown me snapshots of events that I know will happen, but I just don't know how they interrelate with, with other events that are going to also be happening, cause and effect, like a domino, dominoes hitting a crust. And right, so, right. you know, uh, that is, I, I had another weird thing happen one time and I, I don't even, I think I've shared this with you, but um, my dad passed away in 99 and, you know, he was like my best friend, my confidant and everything else. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I was really, it really hit me hard. And, um, anyway, um, not long after that, I was walking through a Barnes and Noble. Um, anybody doesn't know what that is. It was a bookstore when they used to have bookstores. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, you could pick out any book, you, you know, you could have them order anything you wanted to. It was a really neat place to go to. They even had a coffee place inside where you could sit and read your book or whatever. And, um, Anyway, so I'm walking around in Barnes and Noble, and I get to this one aisle, and there is a guy standing there that looked like my dad did when, basically about about the time I was born, maybe even before that, a very young version of my dad, because I've got pictures of him. I know what he looks like looked like when he was in his teens, late teens, you know, early twenties, mid twenties, and stuff like this. And I want, it was weird because I wanted to walk up to the guy. <laughs> But I didn't want to freak him out. I didn't want him to think I was a creeper or something, you know. And and um, so, but he probably thought it anyway because every aisle he went to, I kind of ha happened to be in. 
and uh, or found myself in, and I was just kind of staring at the guy, and I was like, and then, and then you know, what hit me is that um, maybe, just maybe, you know, this this is going way off in the twilight zone land, or even even outer limits, um, but maybe you know it was a clone, and um, you know if he was in his thirties then, and that was twenty years ago, he'd be in his fifties now, and he died when he was sixty-eight. So you know that's um, another ten years, maybe. Uh, he would be old enough to be as old as he was when he passed away. And maybe I would run into him again and he would look just like he did before he died, you know, and maybe he would be like your mother and father. were, Right. You know, so it it was just, you know, these are just thoughts that that go through the brains of uh, people that are that kind of think outside the edge, you know, outside the normal uh, scope of the uh, the the monochrome, the. the, the people that just see black and white or the people that, um, you know, have tunnel vision, you know. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so weird being, being this way, you know, thinking outside the box and, and, and actually thinking about things that might be. And, and one of the things that I really feel bad for the younger generation is that, you know, guys like you know, Eric, you know, you're, you're old enough to where, you know, you, you use your imagination, too. But, you know, when we were younger, we had TV and it was on for maybe four hours a day. Um, you know, then it went off and then it came on later in the evening. And that's when Ed Sullivan was on and stuff. And anyway, um, so we didn't have much TV. So we had to use our imagination. We went out and played. And, you know, I remember um, my grandfather had an incinerator and we would put a stick in there while it was burning. And, you know, and then when you pulled it out, it was there was an ember and there was smoke. And we used to pretend it was the contrails from an airplane. You know, and we were walking around the yard, stupid little things that kids would think were stupid now. But back then, you know, we were, you know, we were flying our little airplanes around the yard, making our own little contrails. Or actually, they probably were chemtrails now that I think about it because they were smoke. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, uh, you know, so we, 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 we we were able to use our imagination to think about things and to sit and wonder and to speculate and stuff like that. Things that the, the very young generations don't do now because they're constantly, they're either on the computer or they're on their, their video games or, or, or something, you know, I observe the younger people now, you know, and, and, um, there's no time where they, where they sit still and, and, and do nothing and just, and sit, sit and think, now I'm I'm happy to report that you know my my grandkids always spend time with their parents before they go to bed, and they talk about things you know and uh, you know what went on today what could have went what could have gone better had you done this um, and I've got a grandson that's you know is is he's five years old and he's starting to ask things about the Lord that uh, that are truly amazing like you know Dad what is uh, What's what's um, what's save always save, Dad? What's uh, you know what's this mean? What's that mean? You know, and and what's eternal salvation? And uh, it's just amazing what the what the boy is asking. And I'm like, yes, now this is a kid that's going in the right direction, you know. And and my other grandkids too are now they're, 
you know, they're, they're picking up on this stuff too. And they're asking questions and then they're moving away from the video games and they're getting more into writing and into more creative things where, you know, when you're a writer, you have to think, you have to think ahead of time, what you're going to write. So, you know, you just don't sit, if, if you sit down and you automatic, write, You've got problems, <laughs> you know, because you're getting information probably from the other side. Uh, Cause even the Lord, if he, he writes through you, he, he allows you to to think about what you're writing and to ask him questions. Automatic writers don't do that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting to watch them, them grow and, and, and their brains to begin to process things and their hearts begin to process things. And and it's just um, it's amazing. It truly is amazing to, to sit there and watch this and to and, and to watch young minds that are someday, um, you know, someday going to be witnessing for the Lord and. And, and, um, and who knows, you know, if the Lord tarries, uh, you know, they, they might become, you know, evangelists or, or, a, a, well, I don't know, the offices, you know, a teachers, uh, prophets and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just amazing to watch, but, um, uh, I just, uh, sometimes I feel sorry for the younger generations that, um, that don't have the ability to do that. And the reason that my, my grandkids or our grandkids can do that is because they have righteous parents. You know, they have parents that teach them, uh, take them to a church, to Sunday school, but also sit around with them talking about the Lord all the time, you know, and, and so many kids are being cheated out of that these days, you know, and, and unfortunately those are the kids that are marching in the streets in Portland and Minneapolis because they're all looking for an answer that they that's right in front of them, but they don't want to accept because they would feel foolish accepting the answer that is so obvious. You know, um, mankind always makes it think makes himself think that um, that gnosis is the answer that that being smarter is is the way to achieve uh, salvation or the way to achieve more knowledge of God. Where God says, no, you know, Yeshua said it many times, you know, you have to be like a child to know me. You know, you have to uh, think like a child. Uh, you have to uh, humble yourself. And and there's hardly anybody that's more humble than a kid, you know, especially the real young ones. And uh, so anyway, it's it's just it's just interesting to watch and observe. And, 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 uh, we need to pray much more for the, for these, uh, this upcoming generation because they, they're going to be faced with a lot of things and, uh, and especially the ones that are growing up now and they're believers because, uh, they're going to be the ones that are going to be facing adversity, but they're also going to be the ones that are going to be asked questions. And they're going to be asked questions that you and I were never asked when we were young believers, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, we're talking about physics. We're talking how and how it relates to the Bible, uh, history and how it relates to the Bible and stuff like that. Um, you know, when we were younger and, and went to Sunday school, they just taught you about, you know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost and, and all, all the rudimentary things, which are really good. But there comes a point where you where what did Paul talk about? You stop eating, the, uh, drinking the, the, the milk and you start eating the food, you know. And and so they're the ones that are going to be thrust into this world where they're just, they're going to have to start being able to provide the food for a very hungry generation that's going to want answers. And, you know, we were talking earlier, you were talking about Detroit, about how, 
everybody gets along and stuff now. Well, a lot of that, I think, is prefaced by the fact that, well, of course, it's the Holy Spirit that's acting. But I think a lot of it's prefaced by the fact that uh, for years and decades and maybe a century and a half or so, they got to witness both both sides, you know, um, uh, the police and and the uh, the people that that live in the neighborhoods, got to witness good and bad, but mostly bad. And when you see mostly bad, the human heart, the human spirit seeks out good, and they, the human spirit wants to know what good is. And when it sees constant bad, it searches. And these people are searching, and that's that's you know. That's why they're getting along, because they've realized that, uh, and again, I ascribed it to the Holy Spirit, but they realized that what they were doing wasn't working. You know, throwing Molotov cocktails at the cops wasn't working. Uh, the cops beating the snot out of somebody just because they didn't have a taillight out wasn't working, you know. And and so that's why they're coming together. They're, they're, there's a common purpose. And and not, not only that, but, you know, there's... Uh, there's there's a common enemy too that we haven't they we have around now and uh, that's even more evident than it ever was and it's manifest through the Illuminati and through the evil of government and stuff like that and they're starting to see that this uh, the promises of the Democrats uh, are hollow promises they never really were promises they were just lines that, that people were fed so that uh, these people could become career politicians and get into office and they're starting to realize that they were used and I feel very, very bad for for Black Americans because for, for since 1964 and Lyndon Johnson when he he created the Great Society, they've been nothing but pawns. You know, hey, you vote for me and you're going to get this. Well, you know, yeah, they they ended up getting this, but that this wasn't the this that they were expecting. You know, they got the little bit of this, but they got a lot of something else. And uh, I won't use those words on the air, but. Um, so and, and uh, Black America is waking up. They really are, and you can see it daily. Uh, Candace Owens and uh, and some of the other um, uh, Black Americans that are out there, and they're championing for 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 blacks, you know, and and trying to trying to show them that you know, hey, although you're not slaves to masters anymore down south, you're slaves to the government, and you're financial slaves basically, and you're being duped still yet, you know, so uh, you need to come out of that. And um, that's why I think that what I hear last time, I think 40 percent of the of the blacks are starting. Uh, I think it's 40 percent or have turned over to Trump. And um, let's see, since if, if there's 13.7 million blacks um, in the United States, and let's just say half of those are voting age, that's 7 million. So that's. Uh, and half of those, that would be three and a half million people that, that would uh, be turning over to vote for Trump in this next election. You know, and then there's the Latinos for Trump. You know, the Latins that came here legally, they're, they're tired of all this illegal immigration stuff too because they're being disenfranchised. You know, they're being labeled as um, illegals when their, their parents came here legally. You know, so, um, there's, a, there's, a, And I hate to use the word awakening because that a lot of times is a new age word, but there is an awakening going on in this country where people are starting to wake up and realize that um, instead of uh, government good, no government not good, uh, government bad. And uh, and they're starting to realize that Trump is uh, 
is the one that's trying to to, to change the government. And and uh, I think any of us, uh, you, me, uh, Black Americans, Lat- Latino Americans, uh, you name it, uh, Asian Americans, Indian Americans, you know, natives, you know, we we've all heard the the uh, the BS from the um, from the uh, Democrats for all these years, and uh, realizing that that's what it is. And uh, who's that group? There was a rock group that said we're not going to take it anymore. Um, so I, I, I think that uh, this election year, um, that's why the, I think that's why the Democrats are are pulling out all the stops. Um, yeah, they're running they're running a guy that uh, you know unfortunately can't um, can't run run his own affairs. But um, uh, with that being said, um, you know they're 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 stuffing the um, the post office with uh, with people that are throwing ballots out. Um, they're they're doing everything they can in order to prevent this from happening again, from preventing Trump from happening again. Um, and we and we know why because we know that when uh, they finally get in, when Trump finally gets in again, that those uh, those indictments are going to be opened up, and uh, that big mouth with the gavel in the in Congress, you know, and and those uh, the three little communists that are running around in Congress, and and um, and some of the troublemakers in um, in the Senate, a lot of people uh, that that are at hold higher office, or uh, you know, the the bracelets are going to be placed on them, and they're going to be hauled away, you know. And they want that; to, they want to prevent that from happening. What did Pelosi say last week that she can, she and the Congress can bring him up on, um, uh, what is it, impeachment? Any impeachment charges on anything that they want to, you know. Is is that arrogant or what? You know, I'm done. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, that uh, you know, we're studying the effects of losers. It doesn't mean that it's on autopilot. We have our role and our part to play. We got to be uh-huh. actively doing it. The reason they lost is because we understand their plan. We're going to stand in the gap to prevent it happening. So we right. have an active part of it. You know, and and I think. You know, to balance everything out, I, I think that's an important part. It's not on autopilot, guys. You can't just sit back and cruise and watch the story go by. You have to be a part of that story. You have a part and a role to play in it. You know, one thing I, I wanted to let you know that, that at least on the Twilight Zone stuff, we're no longer all alone. We're no longer, you know, all by ourselves. There was a major, um, and I say a major production, because usually, you know, Christian movies and, and things are, rather low budget and so you're kind of forgiving you know on the acting quality or whatever but we just recently had one come out this year uh or i think it's late 1919 or early 2020 um called assassins 33 ad yeah this is a christian production with major i mean excellent um acting uh great visuals uh special effects really a quality production this is a story, Assassin 80, uh, 33 A.D., what if the greatest event in human history was erased? 33 A.D. was the death of our Lord. And this movie, made by Christians, addresses three paradoxical conflicts within space-time um, with the idea of uh, time travel and everything. And they present all three in a situation where 
a group has a time machine so they can keep going back and undoing and undoing. But every time they do, they address one of the three paradoxes that can be created and how God is ultimately in control. His plan is never going to be usurped. And all they can do is either complete, be an active part of completing it, if that's what they were supposed to, their role was to be, or they uh, cannot prevent what is predestined by God and his plan. His plan is going to prevail no matter what. Um, awesome movie. It, Like I said, it gets into uh, three major paradoxical quantum physics theories. I never thought I would live to see the day when a mainstream Christian production would even know how to address all of this. Whoever did this research, man, they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, I felt, you know, from the days, Dave, when you and I back in 2003, four in, in Roswell, New Mexico, did you ever think you would see a movie production like that? No, never. I, you know what it what yeah. it shows me is, you know, all the ridicule and all of the stuff that we've taken for all these many years of being ridiculed was worth every penny of planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds, because those seeds, somebody heard it, somebody took it to the next step. I just praise God. We're no longer alone. And this is becoming, I mean, the things I talked about in my book that I wrote 24 years ago, now you can't turn the TV on without being the hot topic that comes around. Um, <clears throat> just incredible. You know, I, I never thought I would be on, in a video on the hollow earth. I mean, you know, even you know, we've been together a long time, but I know it took you about a year and a half to finally see, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, to understand, but, yeah. But, well, and some, I mean, let's face it, this is really way, way out of the box. I mean, some of the stuff, it just seems like it's too incredible. But one of the things I, I was sharing with, with a guy yesterday, he would say, well, the Bible doesn't have anything to say about, no, you know what? Can I show you a scripture in Obadiah? Obadiah, yeah, where's that at? Well, let me show you the scripture. And I said, and I read it. I said, though you mount now, now God's talking to Babylon. This is end time Babylon, and He's saying, though you mount up to the heavens with the wings of an eagle, and make a nest amongst the stars, I shall find you and bring you down. I said, what do you think that means? He says, you know, he's trying to spiritualize it. And I said, no, what do you think that, I mean, a nest amongst the stars. I looked it up in the Hebrew. It means they're colonizing space. Sorry, flat earthers. Yeah, it's space with real with real stuff out in space, not a dome with little stars that are actually angels. No, no, that's fairy tales. This is reality. Um, if we're truly in the end of the end times, and then we hear rumors about colonies uh, on Mars, um, somebody on the dark side of the moon, we weren't the first ones to be there. If we're at the end of the end, that means rumors are all we're going to ever get. And if you have to have everything vetted out in order to say anything about anything, yes, guess what? Those things are going to be successful um, conspiracies are never going to be known or even understood because you have to have everything vetted out. You're putting yourself in a box. No, if we have a successful conspiracy that is going to be unknown for a long period of time, then all we're going to get is rumors. And we've got enough rumors. And my gosh, we've done programs on that of a secret space program. Um, we've got a president now that took uh, a, uh, a United States Space Force 
that was on a drawing board since Clinton. Clinton is the one that first drew it up. And it was just a paper tiger that didn't mean anything. He was the one that said, you know what? We need this. Let's make this active. Let's actually have a, a thing. We'll have uniforms. We're going to have a separate branch of the service, the United States Space Force. And let's start getting craft and, and stuff ready and prepared. So he's been doing that. And I think it's because he knows there's a need for that. Uh, so we have rumors of, you know, somebody beating us to Mars. We have and living on the dark side of the moon. Then we got a sci-fi movie, you know, Iron Sky, Dark Side of the Moon. Then all of a sudden something's on Mars. Well, you know, are these rumors? And then we got movies coming out and it's explaining who's on Mars, where and why and how and all this. I mean, and, and that was a sequel to Iron Sky. I mean, so fiction is imitating and sometimes preparing us. Because our new unchallenged religion in this day is technology and scientists. Scientists say it, it's unchallenged, it's got to be true, that's it. We just buy it. So a lot of the releasing of technology and understanding of technology, these different things that are reflected in a lot of fiction or um, documentaries, it's preparing for what we know within the UFO community as disclosure. They're right. waiting for that final admission that, you know, that we've had contact. Except that the disclosure we're going to get is is uh, bovine ex excrement, candy-coated, sugar-coated, and glittering with science and technology. And everybody be amazed and just unquestionably accept the new coming cosmic Christ. Right. So that's what's in pre pre preparation. Um, I we don't... have been spending 20-some years, you know, 15 years, you and I, 11 years, um, in trying to warn the world and planting seeds. But I think we did a good enough job because it's come to fruition. Now we've got major, major things like this DVD, and we're not alone. And there's a lot of people that are realizing right. there's a biblical view to this that fills in all the gaps and explains yeah. everything. And above all, gives us hope. You know, um, speaking of that, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Somebody want to say something? Oh, no. No, go ahead, Dave. I oh, I was, no, that's okay. Um, real quick, I um, – I was thinking the other day, I'd written an article back in 2007 of all, all, of all times, you know, that was a long time ago now, but yeah, and it was um, the, ult, the current, um, what was it, current uh, illegal alien uh, legislation will benefit the ultimate illegal alien. And um, <laughs> if you look at the way things are changing, um, and, and you really have to look at things um, and compare things, but... Um, the Constitution and, and the Declaration of Independence say all men are created equal. The Constitution talks about men. It talks about persons, people. Now, persons of people always uh, denote humans. Okay? Yeah. It's always humans. It's never anything else. It's not cows. It's not dogs or cats. Uh, yeah, you, you can have your dog and call it a fur baby, but it's still not a person. Um, but anyway, um, so... They started out by changing illegal aliens to undocumented worker, which is a really nice way of saying illegal alien. Um, it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. But um, they, they're starting to change. Well, they changed uh, probably about 10, 12 years ago now. They started referring to people as individuals. Okay. Now, anybody can be an individual. My dog's an individual. A cat's an individual. It's just uh, it's, it's a one one out of many is what an individual is, you know? And so um, a lot of these laws that are being written now um, are, are starting to be written for individuals and not necessarily people. 
So um, long story short, um, they're setting things up for the arrival of Space Brothers, you might call yes, them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we we yep. know that we know that they're fallen angels, but, you know, the world thinks they're Space Brothers. And to protect them when they get here um, and to grant them the same rights that you and I have as individuals. Um, but, you know, we won't be fooled because the, the Constitution, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the framers of the Constitution knew about the Nephilim. And they knew about Jesus when he said that it's going to be like the days of Noah when I come back. And they knew that, I, I got a sneaking suspicion they knew what went on before the flood. Okay, and that uh, these things were going to try to pass themselves off as um, as people, as mankind. And, um, you know, the, the Bible calls Yeshua or Jesus um, a kinsman redeemer, which means he's a brother. He's a brother that took our place, that uh, advocated for us, or still advocates for us, as a matter of fact. And um, so uh, he did not come to die for Nephilim. He did not come to die for fallen angels or, you know, things that go bump in the night or whatever. He came to die for, for people, for men, for mankind. And um, it's uh, you watch as, as time goes on, more and more of the legislation is going to say individuals or or whatever. It's it's going to get away from people, and you can't even use men anymore. I mean, when, when they said the word men in the Constitution, they were talking about mankind. You know, they weren't talking about males. They were talking about men, uh, mankind, you know, the whole race. And, uh, but, you know, so the feminists got all upset about that. Well, you know, they didn't talk about women. They just talked about men. But And that's something that was taken out of context. And, um and and that's got gotten kind of quiet actually, so that's kind of nice. But um, anyway, so you know you, you, that's why all these little groups come up every once in a while. The enemy plans this, is, and um, you know, so pretty soon it's going to be well, uh, you know, it's uh, people is going to become an offensive word or person or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, so what was it when you you're, you can't be a male man because you're a male and you're a man. So you have to be a, a postal person is what they come up. They came up with, but pretty soon you're not going to be able to say postal person. You got to say postal individual because we don't know if the person that's, that's putting the mail out anymore um, is really a person. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm talking hypothetically here. Um, so it's no, the, the, the detail is in the words and how it's crafted, right? And and the laws. I mean, you know, Hitler during his reign, everything he did was legal. He never broke the law. He just made sure the laws were changed to yeah, allow him exactly. to do what he needed to do. Yeah. And it was all in the wording. The wording sounded innocent. It sounded pleasing and enticing to the majority of the people. That's why they went ahead and slowly, you know, it's the frog or the lobster in the boiling water. They're acclimated to these things and they don't realize until it's too late. And uh, and they're doing the same thing here. So that the subtle, um, the subtleties of everything, um, the the other Trojan horses, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Divine creation. Right. Yeah. So it's not, you know, God created just special creation, special creation. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it they're shifting everything to accept 
a coming cosmic spaceman Christ and his horde of friendly aliens here to, you know, promote us and upgrade us up to the next step into a greater intergalactic community. Um, and people are going to eat it up. You know, heck, they had 60 years of Star Trek conditioning and getting them ready for it. Yeah, um, right. You know, it's it's science is mirroring, mirror, uh, science fiction is just mirroring what is ultimately going to become real. Yesterday's fiction was today's inspiration to create tomorrow's um, reality. Um, that goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Anything they imagine to do, now they will be able to do. That isn't, that's not an exaggeration. That is saying God is acknowledging that if they have certain developed technology, anything that they imagine to do, they will be able to do. Except yeah. for one thing. You can't screw with God's plan. He's uh-huh. got a plan and it just isn't going to, you know, it's not going to be changed. That's right. So that's, that's, that's nice to know. You can't mess with God's plan. You can't mess with his word. That's right. That's right. So, yes, the pumpkin is calling. Yeah. So anybody else want to throw anything into the fray? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, as long as everybody's, you know, had, had their say, that's cool. Um, all righty. Well, um, I, I have been actually, I was given, guys, I, I'll give you a head up in the audience, too. Um the name of a person who is um, is uh, kind of an expert on Bigfoot and who has appeared on some Christian um, radio programs, and I've got a letter out to him to see if he wants to be on ours. He's like he's got his own program actually. I can't remember his name right now, but um, so uh, we need to pray for Russ Tanner. I don't know what's going on. I he was he was going to be on the show, and everything I send now, I don't get anything back. Um, so I hope he's in good health. I hope that nothing has happened, um, you know, and uh, it just kind of, it worries me when uh, you're in contact with somebody and it seems like they just fall off the face of the earth. So, um, you yeah. know, he's our chemtrail guy. Maybe he revealed something a little too sensitive and uh, uh, we'll just keep him in prayer. But, um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that's some of the couple of things we have coming up. <clears throat> Hopefully, Russ, uh, pretty soon. And Russ, uh, if you remember last time, Russ has a, a friend named Laura uh, who was um, kind of an herbal gal, and she talks about ways to uh, do cleansing to get the heavy metals and stuff out of your body, and she was very interesting to listen to. Um, so hopefully uh, they'll, they'll be back soon. But um, anyway, with that having been said... Um, I don't know who wants to end us up in prayer. That would that would probably be a good way to go out. I guess I will. <laughs> everybody's, I think everybody's toasted. Actually. I think everybody's tired. Yeah, I, I no know the feeling. to anybody. Yeah, I think it's just we're all kind of had some long days. Yeah. Well, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you'll allow us to continue planting seeds of thought. Some of this being speculation, some of it being sound doctrine, but we got to wait upon you to confirm it. Um, Lord, but at least, you know, thank you that we are able to express these ideas without being burnt at a stake. Um, that we can plant the seeds and if they're meant to grow, they will. And if not, they'll 
we haven't charged or demanded anyone to lead or follow anything. We're just putting this out for consideration. I pray that you'll stimulate others to do further research and investigate some of these things. Um, and if they can contribute to to our discussion or um, our talks, that we can come in contact with them and, and learn from them as much as they're learning from us. Lord, we pray that iron sharpens iron. There's so many that are out there thinking outside of the box, feel so isolated, so lonely, so not able to have connections with other people. Let them know that they've got a home here and they've got a place where they will be appreciated, that their ideas are taken seriously, and that we can all just look at this as one giant think tank, if if you could uh, allow that. And we could all start working together towards finding some of the answers, Lord and I. I pray for Brian, who's uh, getting some information on some uh, things on the 411, and he's getting it right from the horse's mouth, Mr. 411 himself. Uh, uh, what was his name? Paul Polenis, I think his name is, or something like that, the, the 411 missing guy. Um, help him to get all these things together and, and some of the other uh, videos so that all of us can pour through it and consider that as another possible topic to to look into. Lord, we just ask that you would create within all of us that are hungry and wanting to know deeper things that we can come together and sharpen one another and come to some uh, understandings of things that so far are not so understandable. We ask this in your mighty and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay, fellas. Well, Great. you guys have a wonderful night, week. And um, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. My yeah, grandfather always used to say that. Uh, anyway, I, uh, hate, I hate bed bugs. Yeah. Well, you you know if you like them, then you know we'd have to have a prayer session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they they had some at the Jesus house, man, and that was not a fun experience. They had to fumigate the whole thing. Gosh, the yeah. source. The house got burnt down next door, and that was the source of everything. And thank God that's once the source got away, they eventually got the fight one but right right very hard yeah it is hard yeah definitely all right fellas well we'll talk to you god bless yep god bless man see you guys later you too thanks dave bye jim bye eric bye bye Bye, guys. guys goodbye